0: So can I have an amen? Amen. All right. So back in 2017, we uh, I did a year of every month. I had a confession for you, and I wrote out a confession. We had the we had scripture cards like this bookmarks. They're basically bookmarks, is what they are. Some of you are are, are new here. You you weren't there, and I just felt impressed. I wanted to bring this back this year. I'm doing it a little bit different. Uh, So ushers help me, there's some, the scripture cards, I want everybody to have one. There's some already back there on our tables and up in the front. But these are are for you to put in your Bible. This is January scripture card. So all through the month of January, every Sunday, I'm going to get us to go over the confession. We're going to say it out loud. I want to tell you, because I'm preaching on this this morning, this needs to be coming off your lips all the time. This is not a Sunday confession. This is an everyday confession, okay? Something that you've got speaking off your lips, and after today's message, you'll learn why. But uh, I want everybody to have one. Put it in your Bible, stick it on your fridge, do something with it. Some of these are going to be the same as we used back in 2017, and some others I have some inspiration for some new ones. So what it is, at the bottom of it, I have three scriptures where I took the verse of the, the, the scripture and then turned it into this confession. And so that the bottom, those, those numbers, uh, Nehemiah 2 and 8, Numbers 23, and 8, and Psalms 23, and 4, are the inspiration behind what this confession is. Okay? So let's just, let's just go over it here. All right? So let's read it together. The good hand of God is upon me and I am blessed. Stop right there. Right there. Hey, come on. If you woke up every morning of 2020 and you said, the good hand of God is upon me and I'm blessed, that's a good way to start the day out. Amen? Not, oh my God, it's Monday. What's going to happen today? (laughs) No, the good confession coming out. The good hand of God is upon me and I am blessed. Okay, let's pick it up. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. I cannot be cursed. Though my enemies come against me, I will not fear. Though the problems of life rise up against me, I will not be discouraged. God is with me. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. My God is with me. He's always with me. Amen. So that's the confession for this month. We're going we're to have it you know, every Sunday, every service. We're going to make this confession. But I'm just encouraging you today to make this confession. How long did that take? Huh? How long did it take? Did it even take 30 seconds for us to read that? 20 seconds, 15 seconds. Depends on how fast you talk, I guess. <laughs> Put it on your mirror when you wake up in the morning. Throw some water on your face and say, the good hand of God's upon me and I'm blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And just watch what happens to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, get your Bibles out this morning. And I want you to go back to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. It's where I left off last week. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself as to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I forget those things that you're behind, and I reach forward to those things that are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Now, I told you all last Sunday, finishing up 2019... That if you're going to go into 20, from 2019 to 2020, the first thing that you need to do, according to what Paul is saying here, is you got to forget the past. You got to get the past off of you. You got to get the failures of 2019. You got to get the disappointments of 2019. You got to get all the junk of 2019 off of you, so you can go into 2020 clean. Hello. So we start talking about forgiveness, and I know y'all didn't like it, but it's the truth. We have to walk in forgiveness. We have to forgive others, and we have to forgive ourselves, or we're not going to walk in victory. As long as you got in your heart all the baggage from the things that have been wronged, I'm not saying that they're not wrong, all right? But you just have to set, not set yourself up as the judge and jury and the, and, and the hangman for whatever happened to you. Turn it over to God. Repent. Have a repentant heart. Go into 2020 with a heart saying, Lord, I just want to walk with you. I want to serve you. I don't care. You deal with oh Johan over there and you deal with that Yazoo over there and you deal with them people over there. and I ain't going to deal with it, Lord. Then I want to tell you something. You're going to be free. Your heart's going to be free. You're not going to be burdened. And then what I'm preaching about today, you can start to apply to your life. Amen. So. I said. That there's three things here that Paul laid out for us. The first thing is that we got to forget the past. That was last week's message. You got to forget the past. You got to go on. If you don't want to listen, oh man, I feel it. I feel it coming from you this morning. Felt a little dart fly by and some stuff zinging around my head here. He said, "Well, it's not right. What they did was wrong, and let God deal with it. You can't handle your life." Plus all the junk from everything else in your heart and keep going right. You're going to get sidetracked in 2020. Somewhere along in 2020, you will sit down on the, on the roadside of life and complain or cry just because things aren't going right. And I'm saying, man, if you want to, you want to fly in 2020, you want to look and reach forward to the future. You want to reach out there to the future and grab hold of it for 2020. You want to have a vision. You want to have perfect vision for 2020. You want to get, you got to get rid of that stuff. And you can argue with me about it. You can be mad. Listen, it's not doing you any good to be in unforgiveness. The only person that's getting is you. I haven't heard of anybody read about in the obituary. So-and-so died because so-and-so didn't forgive them, was angry and kept them in unforgiveness until they died. It doesn't work like that. Hello? I mean, it would be cool. You wake up one morning, you know, your whole arm's black. <gasps> my arm's black. Oh, my God, what'd I do? Oh, I've hurt so-and-so. I need to get them to forgive me. And they go to him and repent, and then the arm gets right. It don't happen like that. few stories in the Old Testament, man, there was some stuff like that, but it don't happen like that. You got to deal with your heart. Look at the person beside you and say you got to deal with your heart. You cannot carry the baggage of 2019 into 2020, all right? So the second thing Paul said to do is we have to reach for the future. Now, <clears throat> what's funny about this is that, you know, according to some people, man, it's horrible. Life is horrible. Life is going down the toilet. Then it's terrible. We got nothing to look forward to. It's just getting worse. It's going to be higher taxes. It's going to be crazier this. It's going to be crazier that. That's what the world wants to paint. You know why? Because fear makes you buy chocolate and eat it. Grocers want to push that forward and say, man, dude, because you're going, they know you're gonna buy potato chips, you're gonna buy chocolate, you're gonna buy ice cream, you're gonna buy all the comfort foods you can. Suck them down because bless God, what else do you have? Your favorite scripture is you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. <laughs> and your second favorite scripture is bodily exercise profiteth little. That's the two confessions coming out of your mouth. And I'm just that's a sad way to live, folks. I mean, you know, it'll, it's, it's good for a little bit until you can't get off the couch to go get more ice cream. So we got to reach for the future. We got to believe God. I want, I'm, I'm going to try to charge you all up this morning in this message. And I'm going to try to get you all going because I want you to understand you're going to direct your future in 2020 by what comes out of your mouth. What you're believing for. And if you're waking up on 2020 and you're saying, oh, God, can I even make it today? It's going to be tough. But if you wake up and say, "Woo, the good hand of God is upon me today. Bless God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed wherever I go. My God is with me. If you start to get that confession coming out of your mouth, then you're sowing seeds of the word of God within your heart. This heart I was talking about that you just now got cleansed? Hello? You know, a farmer, when he's farming, he can't just keep planting crop over the top of crop. He has to go in there and plow up the old crop to get rid of that stuff. He has to do the weed killing and getting everything out so that he can plant a good crop. If you want a good crop glowing in your heart, you got to have a field that's really cultivated good. you got to have a field that, man, is looking good that you've killed every root of bitterness and envy and strife and whatever it could be in your heart, you've killed it so that your field's ready to be planted. And if you've got a heart like that, then as you begin to make your confessions and make your professions of faith in believing in the Word of God, you're sowing those seeds in your heart, and you're going to see victory. You're going to see some good things in 2020. I believe 2020 is going to be the greatest year of our lives. You say, well, Pastor, you're, you're just on drugs. Sure doesn't look like it. I don't care what the world tells me it looks like. I'm not listening to CNN to paint my picture for the future. Hello? I'm not looking looking to Fox News to paint my picture. I'm not looking to any news outlet to tell me what my future is like. I'm looking to the word of God to tell me what my future looks like. Folks, if God's going to walk with me every day, am I not going to be victorious? But see, let me, I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself here, but I got to make this statement. What we don't want to walk in is we don't want to walk in John 16, John 16, says, in this world, Jesus speaking in red letters, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for you've over- well, I've overcome the world. What we want us, that scripture to say is, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You won't walk in any tribulation. That's what we want the scripture to say. Because the truth of the matter is, we want to be victorious. We don't want to have any problems. We just want to be victorious, but we don't want to have any battles. We don't want to accept the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that the fourth man was in the fire with us. We just don't want to go to the fire. We don't want to have any problems. So there's a part of a charismatic movement that's, that's taking place that's trying to push you and saying, if you're having problems, you must be doing something wrong. Well, the truth of the matter is you need to just be following Jesus. And if problems come, he's going to help you deal with them. Then there's another section that says, oh, well, problems, God sends to refine you. That's wrong, too. The truth of the matter is we live in a fallen world. We live in a cursed world. We have genetic malfunctions even within us. There are things going to happen. There are problems going to come. You're going to have a flat tire. You're going to have an issue. You're going to have something. But we've got to get our confession where it doesn't make any difference because Jesus is with me and I'm going to overcome whatever comes my way. Are y'all with me? That's the attitude you've got to take. Not, oh God, why is this happening to me? (laughs) Folks, listen to me. There's nobody, none of y'all can gripe and complain better than I can. You think I got this gift to talk and it's always right? I got, I I, mean, I can complain. Ask my wife. She can say amen. I can gripe and complain. I can fall down. I can just, there's another word I want to use, but I'm not using it this morning. trying to change my ways in 2020. But you know, I, I, I just don't want to gripe. I just can gripe and complain because I don't want to deal with issues. And there's times in my life I say, why is this happening? And then I flip. One religious side of me wants to go back and say, well, it's just the devil. You know, he's trying to do this. And then I flip to the other side and I say, well, you know, God, what are you trying to show me out of all this? Well, the truth of the matter is, grab, grab hold of the middle. Stay in the middle of the road and just say, you know, bless God, I live in a fallen world This happened to me, but it's okay, Jesus, because you're with me. Hello? How about just having some seeds of faith within us that Jesus is with us? You know the old footprints in the sand kind of thing? Okay. Well, how about just having the the, the, the revelation, the real sure knowledge that say, wow, Lord, that's ugly. That don't look good. That don't look fun, but <laughs> you're with me. What are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? How do you want me to walk through this? Where, how am I going to navigate this course right here? Hello? Okay. So I, I'm I'm reading a book. Uh, called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth in just my daily time right now. And, uh, And so I'm going to be preaching every Wednesday night, just so you know, every Wednesday night for I don't know how long on healing, just physical divine healing on Wednesday nights. And we'll be laying hands on people, praying for people. We're going to do some things, whatever. Stand on our head if we have to. I don't know. But we're just going to be seeking the Lord about healing. And I was reading his book and he makes this statement. And I want to read it to you. This is A quote from his book, F.F. Bosworth. Before people can have a steadfast faith for healing of their body, they must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. Appropriating faith cannot go beyond one's knowledge of the revealed will of God. So I wrote it like this. Faith cannot take place where no seeds of faith have been planted. Folks, if you don't have any faith that God's going to be with you, then I want to tell you something. He's not. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying God leaves you. I'm just saying you don't have any faith for it. You're not looking for God. You're standing around saying, oh, God, this is so heavy. What are you doing? And, and, but you're not stopping and saying, "Oh oh oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right here. It's like me trying to find something in our icebox. My wife says it's right there on the second shelf, and I look. I don't see it. It's not there. And then she walks in and says, what is wrong with you? And then she moves a something, and it's right behind it. And I said, well, okay, it's hiding back there. You said it was right there. It's right there. It's not there. It said it said to look behind the bowl, behind that little dill. So she says I have some kind of a problem. And I said no, I just have tunnel vision. You say it's something I can't see anything past that. Okay. She got mad at me the last time she was gone for a while, visiting our kids, because I used the same dish towel for like two weeks. And she said, "Why didn't you get a new one?" I said, "Where? I don't even know where they are." I looked around for one, I couldn't find one. And she says, my Lord, Robert, they're right here sitting up. They're that much higher than the knob on the microwave. They're right there. And I just looked up and it was like a new world. I was like, they are there. I'll be, they're rolled up right there in that little deal. I never saw them. They were gone. As far as I knew, we didn't have any. I was down to using blue paper towels, you know. But that's how we get with our Christianity. It's no difference. We're staring at something and we get all caught up in it. And we're not seeing that Jesus is right there with us, that God has a way for us because we're focused on this. Because somebody sometime told you something that you got sown in your heart. You got sown as this is what God is doing. And you believe it and it's not true. Listen to me, God is never going to put sickness on you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hear from my lips the truth. Like right now, if you could see the words coming out of my mouth, it would just be like gold and saying truth. But it's been taught from pulpits for years that God puts sickness on you to try to teach you something. And that's not true. That's not anywhere in the Bible. That is not truth. That is not truth. But if there's a little slight thought in the back of your mind that What's happening to you may be because you didn't do right, or you didn't live right, or you knew you shouldn't have said this, or you, you, that little thought comes back up inside of you. It is the doubt that kills your faith from moving with God. So you say, well, pastor, I don't really, I don't really need... Uh, freedom prayer. And I don't really, I don't really need to search my. heart. I haven't been doing anything. I, I mean, I've been a good boy. I, I haven't done anything wrong in, in, in a good while. I've been living for Jesus. I've been reading my Bible every day. I've been going to church. Uh, I, 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 I've been, you know, I've been, uh, I hadn't killed no black cats. I hadn't done nothing. I hadn't, you know, kicked the dog. Been nice to the wife. You know, uh, did did all. I'm doing good. But that's not necessarily all the things that that could go wrong. It's what. Thoughts are in you that don't line up with the word of God that was taught to you from childhood or you assumed from example. I've told you all this before. I can remember as if it was yesterday in the fifth grade, how I can remember this deal sitting in the old wooden desk in the old school in Sabinow, and the teacher talking to us about how the blood in our body is blue. Well, it makes sense if you look at that vein right there, it looks blue. And I was taught that the blood in my vein is blue, but when it is exposed to air, it turns red. Because that's what the book said. That's what they were that's what they thought. That's what the biology teachers were taught. That's the way it went down. And they taught me that. And it's absolutely not true. But I would believe that my blood was blue. And when I look at that blue on my veins, I kind of think it. I still like have a residual thought of it. Are you all with me? It's still something there. Well, see, you may have a residual thought that God was trying to kill you. God was trying to punish you. God was allowing things to happen to you to show you things. Because somebody that didn't know how to preach the book of Job preached the book of Job. That God did this. And well, what if, and this and that and the other, and it got sewed into your thinking. And you've been thinking that, and that's been stuck in your mind, and you don't really know what the truth is. You're just going to believe what you were taught because you, you haven't sought it out for yourself. So you've believed what's wrong, and that is what's hindering your faith from expanding and going on with God because you have this doubt in there. You want to believe God's good. You want to believe God will provide for you. You want to believe tithing works, but somewhere or another, something's not quite right. You're just a little, that doubt's there because of something, and it's taking in, it's just like a garden, and it's a weed, and it's choking out your good seed, your good crop. And my prayer is in 2020, it's going to become obvious to you what's going on. You want to know why? you don't have any friends. It's a simple thing. You know, I'm just using a simple example. You may say, well, I don't know why I don't have any friends. Well, maybe you need to go see if you've been friendly because the Bible says to have friends, you've got to be friendly. Or maybe it's just that every time you talk, you spit out of your mouth and you spit on people and they don't like it. (laughs) And you need to pray for God to heal your mouth. I don't know. Isn't it funny that it's always everybody else's fault? The last place we ever look is there could be anything wrong with us. Maybe we're just obnoxious. Oh, well, let's go on. Go to Luke 3, verse 4. I'm going to take these next few weeks, I'm going to show you How you get those things out of your heart, how you sow seed within your own life, and how you get yourself lined up going the right direction. So 2020 can be the greatest year of your life. In Luke chapter 3, verse 4, as it is written in the book, the words of Isaiah the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Okay, this scripture is basically trying to say to you, will you make a straight path for the Lord to work in your life or are you going to be full of valleys and hills and crooked roads? that if the Lord was trying to get to your heart, he couldn't do it because he's got so many twists and turns. How many of y'all know you, 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 if you go up the road, go up towards Vanderpool and catch 337 and run that road back to Lakey? Huh? That's some twists and turns, right? And you need to be on your toes both in your own skill to drive and to dodge the other person whose skills may be not so good coming at you when you run that road, right? It did a whole lot easier to go down to the flatlands, jump on Highway 90, and run right straight down, you know, Highway 90 is about as straight as it gets, right? So what the Lord's saying here is, is look, if you really, the first step that you have to make in 2020, if you want to have God moving in your life, is you got to clear out the junk, you got to get the mountains, the valleys, everything, the crooked paths straight. You got to make a straight path and determine right now that you want a straight path to the Lord. Now, we're going to have communion here at the end of service, and communion's open to everyone who's a believer in Jesus. And I'm just going to challenge you that when you come to take communion today, that you look inside your heart and will you make a commitment to the Lord to say, Lord, in 2020, I want to make a straight path for you? Now, I warn you. If you mean that from your heart, then the Holy Ghost is going to come tap on you and say, okay, you want me to help you? It's like saying, oh, I, I wish my I wish my house, someone would come and clean it and arrange it. And then they did it and you're like, oh, I don't know where to find anything. That's how I am. I don't, I don't like my office cleaned. I mean, dust around the stuff, but I don't, don't move nothing. I know what's in every pile. And as soon as the piles get moved, I can't find anything anymore. You say, well, that's ridiculous, Robert. You just need to get it all organized and put it in there and do it. I do. But you see, I'm lazy like a lot of people. And I don't want to do that. Okay? But I'm saying in your life, you have to in 2020. You have to be willing to say, Lord, I want you to come in and arrange my life. I want to make a straight path for you. I want to get the I want to get the valleys filled. I want to get the mountains brought down low. I want to get the crooked path straight. This has to be a commitment in your heart because the Lord knows you. And if you're just saying, "Oh yeah, that sounds good," but you're going to do like Tracy said a while ago, you're you're, you're just going to you know uh, uh, making a New Year's resolution doesn't do you any good because you're going to break it. The Lord wants you to commit. He wants you to commit in 2020. He's saying, if you'll commit in 2020 to me, you watch what I'll do for you. So when we come take communion here in a minute, I'm challenging you. Come with that commitment in your heart that God's going to begin to line everything up. Okay? A single plan is always the easiest to follow. Did you know that? If you only have one plan. Now, I remember years ago, uh, I was driving down the road going to work in Savannah and I'm driving down the road, and I'm praying, oh, God, I want to talk to you. Oh, God, speak to me. I want to know what to do. What's the plan for my life? What am I supposed to do? I was just crying out for the Lord. And right there in that pickup, just, man, the Spirit of God just came and descended in that truck, and the Lord spoke to me. I didn't hear a loud, audible voice, but I heard a voice loud enough on the inside of me to know it wasn't me. And he said, there's three things I want you to do. And I was like, ah, what? What am I going to do? He says, "Be faithful, be consistent, and don't quit." And I'm like, "Well, that ain't no good." I mean, I wanted, I wanted something more detailed laid out. I wanted, you know, you're going to do this for five years, and then go do this, and go on, you know. And then, no, no, no. Be faithful, be consistent, don't quit. That was what he spoke to me. I mean, I was like, "Come on, man, what's wrong with me?" I couldn't get a better word than that from heaven. But when I look at it, you know, I can promise y'all next Sunday I'll be here. Because I've learned the, the, the strength of being faithful, being consistent, and just don't quit. I've learned that we're going to get up, we're going to have services Wednesday night, we're going to have services Sunday. I'm going to be here next week. We're not stopping. Living Waters Church ain't going no place. We're here. We're going to be consistent. Oh, I may not have the best dog and pony show going on in town, but bless God, I'm going to be here. I'm going to preach to you the uncompromising word of God. I'm going to tell you that Jesus is alive. I'm going to pray for the sick. We're going to take up an offering. We're going to have good music. We're going to get you in the presence of God. We're going to be there. It's going to happen. And then you know what? It's going to happen the next Sunday? It's going to happen again. And then you know what's going to happen the next one? It's going to happen again. Because I'm set to say, okay, I'm going to do what God called me to do, and I'm going to do it. And if nothing else, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to show up. Man, showing up counts. I don't want to be a rocket that you light the fuse, and I shoot off, and it's all pretty for a little bit, and then the lights go out. I mean, I've been here for 20, this is going on what, 20, 27 years, okay? That's a long time. Lord have mercy. Ms. Edna, or whether it's trying to get me commit to 20 more. I said, 20 more. I said, I don't even know if I'm going to live 20 more years. But what I'm saying to you is, I am. I'm going to be faithful and consistent. My wife is going to be faithful and consistent. My son's going to be faithful and consistent. My daughter's faithful and consistent. We're faithful and consistent, family. That's what we're going to do. Okay? That's how I set my path straight. I'm committed to it. I'm sold out to it. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm getting up, putting my bridges on, coming to church on Sunday morning, preaching. You with me? Nothing's going to stop me. That's how I keep my path straight. That's what you've got to do. You've got to have a commitment like that to Jesus to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he's worth living for. I believe he's the answer to my problems in life. I believe he is the answer to everything that's ever going to happen. He is the solution to my happiness. And then commit to it. and say, Okay, I want to know all ears about Jesus. We're notorious people, and I'm not picking on you I'm talking about human beings. We're notorious for learning just enough to get us by, just enough to get us by. Come on, y'all all know we're guilty, right? Just enough to get us by. It's like I, I heard that other day about the, this exercise that they were talking about. That they had te- talked to, uh, or studied a big study on exercise, and somehow or another, they came up with this crazy idea which I hope it's not crazy because I'd like to implement it in my own life. They said that if you just ran 15 minutes once every two weeks, that it would cause a huge amount of longevity in your life. So that means every two weeks you have this day that you go out there and say, all right, here we go. (laughs) Of course, it's going to take you two weeks to recover from the 15 minutes you walk, but and I thought to myself, now is that just not like the plan that someone would come up with? We'll get them to run 15 minutes once every two weeks. Are y'all with me? Because maybe we could get them to do that. I'm just saying, we as humans, we want to get by with just as little effort put forth as we could. The person would be rich if he just had the, you know, the perfect pill. You just pop that thing, wake up next morning, you're skinny. You were in shape, the in-shape pill, pop it in. Next morning you just come out looking ripped. I mean, that thing, they could sell it for $1,000 a pill and people would be just going to the bank, borrow money to get one. Because nobody really wants to put forth the effort to exercise. I hate it. Listen to me, I'm not telling you this like, oh, I just love to exercise. I'm just training for a marathon. I hate to run. I'm sorry, I just never have. How you cannot imagine the excuses in high school I came up with to stay out of track. Okay? Now, but you've got to choose to make a straight path for Jesus. It's got to, something that's got to resolve in your heart. I'm telling you, you cannot get past this point. You're not going to move forward in 2020 with your relationship with Jesus until you're so solid rock committed that you won't. You say, Lord, I'm going to make the valleys. I'm going to fill up the valleys with dirt so they're level. I'm going to bring all the hills down. I'll, I'll get the bulldozer and get to shaving them off. I'm going to make all the crooked roads straight if you for you in my life. I'm going to get out the doubt and unbelief. I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm going you, woo, man, you're getting yourself set up now. You're getting yourself some good plowed ground for 2020. How many of you don't raise your hand. Don't look at the floor because I'll know it's you. But have you ever just said to the Lord, Well, I know what you said, but I don't really want to do it? That's a valley. That's a hill. That's a crooked road. Have you ever said to the Lord, That's not fair? Have you ever said that to your parent? Well, let us understand why you're not let me go out. Hello? We do that with the Lord. Because inside of us there's a there's this there's we've we've kind of fertilized and watered this one little plot of truthfully it's it's just hell. You're growing hell. Not raising it, you're growing it. And it's a little herb, every once in a while you throw it in on something. It's just something that's not right. It's something from our old nature, it's part of our old uh, you know, place of. Being the unredeemed self that you just want to go do it. It's just, so every once in a while, you just want to go do it. And you need to kill it. You need to get it completely killed out. You need to get all that words of seed, those seeds of doubt and unbelief out. Okay? Man. Good thing I didn't try to finish this message today. So let me explain this. I'll, I'll, I'll get into more detail next week, but this is the instructional. This is your first instructional. Okay, so God, think about this, church. How could God make it all fair and equal to every person on the face of the earth? How could he do it? Right? He wants to. He wants to love everybody the same. He wants to make everybody the same opportunity. He wants to give everybody the same promises. He doesn't want to to make Frank rich and Josh poor. He wants everybody to have the same abilities, the same promises, the same everything to apply in their life. So he wants it all to be the same. So he came up with a plan. All right? The plan was, as in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that he would give each and every human being on the face of the earth the ability to have faith the ability to produce faith, okay? Faith is that substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. According to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 11. Faith is what motivates you. Faith is what makes you get up and go forward. Faith is what keeps you going in life. Faith is the substance of your life. Faith. He put it inside of each and every one of us, give each and every one of us a measure of faith. To believe that his promise, his word to you was true. And that the moment you produced faith, the promise became yours. So then therefore he didn't take anything because if he gave Frankie faith and he gave David Frank, gave C.W. faith and everybody had the equal measure of faith and then he gave them the promise, but then it was to each and every one of them if they would believe it or not, then... He was fair to everybody. Am I right? So it was only us producing faith or not that determined the outcome of God's promises. So he said, I want to tell you what. Here's what I am going to do. Here's my word. I give you my word. I give you my promise. My promise is like a seed all through the Bible. We'll go over this. We'll go over this many times. All through the Bible, the word is referred to as seed. The sower goes out to sow seed. This word is seed. One day, you didn't believe in Jesus. You didn't believe he was the son of God. And then something happened on the inside of you. You heard the word being preached. That word being preached went into your heart. That seed took root. That seed sprouted. And all of a sudden, that measure of faith that you had on the inside of you, you used it. And believe that Jesus really, truly was a son of God. And you said, oh my gosh, you're the son of God. Oh, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And you gave your life to Christ and you were saved. That's how it worked. Now, every other promise, every other promise works like that in your life. That's how God makes it equal and fair to all people. I give you the word. If you sow it in your heart, it's going to produce fruit. And then you're going to receive the promise. That's the way it works. Well, that's not really fair, Robert, because so some people they they got a easier way than, than I did, and I got too much stuff in my heart. Get it out. Doesn't take but a second to repent. Get it out. Oh, I'm not yeah, you could have had a horrible trauma come upon you. There could have been some all kinds of horrible situations you were in. There the horrible, horrible things that could have happened. Yes, I know. But repent. The Spirit of God's big enough to cleanse your heart and to heal you just like he'd heal the person that just had a hangnail. Well, it's not fair because... No, quit talking about not being fair. Quit talking about all stuff. quit stuff. Quit making excuses. Just suck it up and repent. Don't you just love me? I mean, just suck it up, buttercup, and repent. Right? And let the power of God heal you. He'll heal you of a huge, horrible trauma, or he'll heal you of a small thing. It don't make any difference. Just get healed. So your heart can be whole so that you can start sowing seed of God's word and his promises in your life. Now let me ask you a question. Does a farmer sow seed? Does he just, you know, does he just go out and 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 randomly throw seed? I mean, usually you plant it in rows, right? Usually kind of, you know, it depends on what you're doing, how you're planting, but you know, usually you plant in a row or or with a planter that's putting it all in a row, right? He didn't just randomly throw out, unless you're planting grass seed or something, but that's not, don't go there. (laughs) Right? He's planting crops, he's putting in a row, and he's taking care of it, and he's watching it, and he's nurturing that seed. That's how you have to be. Because this is the way it works. Let me give you one more scripture. Proverbs 4.20. Proverbs 4.20 says, my son, give attention to the word, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs forth the issues of life. He gave you five things here. First one is you got to give attention to the word. When you, if you're gonna truly sow seed in your life, you gotta give attention to it. If you planted seeds in a garden, put some water on it, and then came back in a month expecting a harvest, would not that be kind of foolish? It needed nurturing, it needed help, it needed to to be watered, it needed to be fertilized, it needed to be looked after. You've got to give attention to it. You've got to give attention to the word of God. I'm telling you, if you wake up, I, 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 well, I was going to say this, but somebody will take me up on this bet. I don't want to lose any money because you'll work it around somehow and cheat me out of it. <laughs> but I just bet you that if you took this confession and you determined every morning you were going to say this confession and put faith in it and believe it, that there's no way you would not be stronger at the end of January than today. But if you say, the good end of God is upon me and I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not gonna happen. You walked away full of doubt and unbelief, it isn't going to work. You said, well, you're asking me to bring him hocus pocus. No, I'm not. I'm asking you to believe that the son of God who rose from the dead's word is true to you. Oh. Who looks more foolish now? I'm just asking you to believe that the word of God's true. I'm just, I, I, I see, I love preaching messages like this because i got all confidence in the world. I'm standing here backed up by the word of God, by thousands of years of history, by thousands of years of good things going on, thousands of years of what Jesus, man, I'm backed up by this. This is not the doctrine of Living Waters Church that I'm trying to perpetrate upon you. This is the word of the living God. I'm asking you to believe that if God said he'd prosper you, will he? Willy. I'm asking you to say, if God said he'd heal you, will he? If God said, is it so? That's all I'm saying to you. Are you going to be talked out of what is going on in the word of God? Well, brother, you're not quite smart enough to understand that the word, you're, you're interpreting it wrong. Well, let me tell you, if you find it in three places written down, it says it, it's so. And it doesn't take a real genius to read the Bible honestly oh if you want to get into you know end time eschatology and all this kind of stuff like that and reading the book of revelations and what is the what's the heavenly church and all that i don't even i don't even mess with that that's all when i'm dead i'm trying to live i want to know what's real for me today i want to know how to keep from murdering somebody Hello, I want to know how to not get eaten up with anger and revenge. I want to know how to prosper so I can give more than I've ever given before. I want to know how to see the kingdom of God come about in such a way that I can touch more people in 2020 than I've touched in all my life before. He said, oh, well, I got a prophecy this year from Brother Ivan said I was going to be I was going to be a thousand times. It was going to be God wanting to increase me a thousand times, a thousand times a lot. I could, I could bring more souls this year than I've ever done before in my life. I'm believing the word. I'm staying the word. I said, okay, big boy. <clears throat> the Lord I'm talking about. <laughs> you said a thousand times more. I'm in it, man. I got it. Deuteronomy one eleven says, God wants to give me a thousand times more. So I'm holding the word up. I'm sowing that seed in my heart. I'm waking up every morning and saying, whoo hoo a thousand times more. Come on, Jesus. I'm sowing seed, I'm weeding it out, I'm making sure there ain't no weeds in there. Doubt comes in, thought comes into my mind. Let me just explain to you all this. Let me just explain to me what things that happened to me. This message, I've been chewing on this thing for a month, and I was going over it the other morning before I'd completely woken up. You know how you kind of get into that state sometimes, you're awake, but you're not really? And it's just because you don't want to get out of bed. And I'm laying there, and my eyes are closed, and I'm kind of in a sleep. And you cannot believe the doubtful thoughts that came to me in my sleep of what I was even going to preach to you. And I just started being filled up with doubt. I had to wake myself up, and I said, you lying devil? Come into my thoughts, ain't no way. This is what the Word of God says. This is the Word of God's true. I'm going forth. I'm preaching. the. I'm going to preach it like I never preached before. You can shut me up no matter what. I'm telling you what the Word says. I'm going to preach it. Until finally, I ran the doubt out of my head. But see, it wants to come in. It wants to take place in your life. You believe in God for healing, and then you feel sicker. You are believing God for prosperity, yet more bills come in. But I'm telling you, God's word works. And I'm telling you, that we, the way it works is this seed gets sowed in your heart to where you believe it more than you doubt it. The moment you crest that part to where you have more belief than you have doubt, then doubt's going to start to die off. But when that doubt starts to come back, and see now I'm getting, I, I, I'm like a master of understanding doubt because I'm always listening to people. So somebody comes up and says something to me, I'm just like, nah, you know, I just walk off and say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, man. I don't believe what that guy's saying. Preachers, oh my gosh. I was listening to a preacher the other day on, 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 the, on the radio. I mean, I was just like, I, th- I was going, ready to pull my radio out, throw it out. The, the man said, oh my God, can't believe what that man just said. I was rebuking him while he's preaching. Lord, shut him up. Let the radio station go off. Lord, let it just burn up right now. Oh my God, don't let anybody hear that. Please, Lord, don't let anybody be listening. And then I stopped and said, oh God, please don't let anybody ever say that about the waterhole broadcast. <laughs> because doubt and unbelief just being pumped out over the airways i'm like that's not true that's not what the word says it's our job in 2020 to get that doubt and unbelief out of us to believe that god's word is so true that we make all the valleys filled up and level the mountains brought down low that we get all the crooked roads in our life straight so that the Lord can have an entrance into our life, that we can welcome the king of glory in. Amen. Okay, I'm going to stop there and we're going to have communion. And we're going to get more into sowing seeds and how you're sowing seeds and what you're doing, and how's this going to take place and how you do weed eating and all that kind of stuff. Amen. Sweetie, can you come up and play something for me? I just want to encourage you, church. I believe in miracles. By the way, if anybody hears, this is my wife. I am having an affair with the piano player. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you this, though, before I go, and I, I, I just, I'm trying to be serious, and I just thought, you, this is, this happened 30 years ago. Probably. A man came to me, church was small, then he said, Pastor, I gotta ask you questions. Some things about this church, you know. Y'all a little different, a little weird, but he said, I see some things going on that I they trouble me. I said, What? He said, Well, there's an older gentleman, he, he kisses your wife on the lips every Sunday. I said, That's her father. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. That makes sense. So sometimes you just don't know. That's what I'm saying to I say, sweetie, and everybody's out there watching thinking, I don't know. So it's my wife. <laughs> I believe in miracles. I believe in wild and woolly, instantaneous, Holy Ghost touch miracles. All right? I believe you can be nuts one moment and sane the next. I believe you can be depressed one moment and the light turns on and everything changes. And I believe that this communion service we're going to have right now is not just something we do the first Sunday of every month. It's not just a piece of bread. It's not just some juice. I believe it is God's way to touch you and have a relationship with you. That's why it's called communion. But I also know that it doesn't work if you don't have faith. If you don't have faith, Another, it's just a piece of bread and just a cup of juice. So, I want to encourage you to prepare your heart right now to come and have communion. Just to prepare your heart right now and to clear out and make a smooth path for the Lord to come into your life in 2020. If you need to do some repenting, do some repenting. If you need to do some forgiving, do some refi- forgiving. Whatever needs to take place at this altar for you. When our our, 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 our altar team here comes by and serves you communion. You can take as much time as you want. We have prayer team people up here to be here in prayer with you if you if you want prayer. But I'm just telling you, church, make it be a miracle for you today. Make it a miracle for you today. So can I have my team come down and help me here? As I serve them to help me serve you, just look into your hearts. And see what the Lord wants to do for you. Jesus tells us on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, I thank you for this bread. I thank you that as we break this bread, I just declare, Lord God, that the blessing of the Lord is upon it. That throughout 2020, Lord. As your body was broken for us, you heal our broken bodies. And Lord, we thank you for it. And then afterwards, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. What a glorious thing that Jesus arose from the dead. What a glorious thing that he proved that he is the son of God. And that he made a way that our sins could be forgiven and we could be right with our heavenly father. What a glorious thing this cup is. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.